Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. Do I look like a goof wearing sunglasses right now in the house? You know, I wanted to do this live for everybody. Um, you know, a few people were like, oh, please, could you you put on a little bit of uh, Don Tony retro stuff? And I was like, eh, all right, I'll do it for tonight. But, um, you know, what's funny. Um, I actually started about 10 minutes ago. And I'm talking and I'm commenting about the sunglasses. And I'm like, hey, everybody. Should I keep the glasses on or should I put on the regular glasses? In fact, I know everybody can see me now, so let me know. Should I keep the sunglasses on or should I leave these on? And by the way, I apologize about Monday. Yo, it was nerves. This is the first time. Well, this is the second time I'm ever doing video. I'm getting a crash course in this. And me, I'm a stickler to, you know, giving you as best as I possibly can. And uh, people were telling me that I kept doing this. So I am listening to everyone, and I will make a concerted effort to tweak little things here and there. Uh, so, yeah, should I leave the sunglasses on or leave the regular glasses on? I mean, if I leave the regular sun, all right, everybody's saying sunglasses. You know, I was going to wear a Met shirt today, and I took it out of the closet, and then I just realized, wait a minute, this is not a Met shirt. This is a Jason Solomonster shirt. Yeah, I'm a fan of Jason. I bought his merchandise in the past. Trust me, I didn't buy it because I said, oh, one day I'm going to do a podcast and show everyone. Uh, I wonder if Jason ever bought a Don Tony shirt. Something tells me he hasn't. But no, I, I have a lot of respect for Jason. Uh, for some reason, people created this feud that we both looked back and laughed at. And yeah, we're, we critical, we're critical of each other's comments at times. But he's a fucking great guy. And, you know, I want to say this right off the bat. Um, I apologize to anybody who is doing a live YouTube show right now after AEW and NXT. Truth be told that this is episode 17 of Wednesday Night Dynamite. And I have been doing this for 17 weeks at this time, right after the two shows on TV. So going to video was nothing different because if people tuned in for me live before, they just had audio. Now you got audio and video. So I promise you, everyone, I did not go video. 
on Wednesday night to try to screw anybody who is doing a live show. That is not my style. And, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, that's the last thing that I would really want to do is disrespect anybody. By the way, speaking of respect and disrespect, much love to all of you. Jesus Christ, the response that I got from Monday was unbelievable. Do you know that there was only, and I don't want to give any individual names. I accept criticism, but there was only three people out of about 5,000 that had anything negative to say about yours truly going video since Monday. Um, and that just blows me away. And I'm like, you know, if people out there don't like that I'm going this route, you know, you don't have to like me. There's plenty of other shows out there. There's plenty of other things to do. But to hurt my feelings like that, I'm like, you don't understand. I don't cry. I don't whimper, you know, and I don't go to Twitter for revenge. What I try to do is to get all of you motherfuckers that are list, listening and watching right now and enjoying this, that's my revenge. Success is my form of revenge. It's always been that way, and that's the way it's always going to be. I'm not 16 years old. You know, I'm getting a little bit old over here. Maybe the sunglasses are good because it kind of like hides the wrinkles, and I'm sorry. Oh, shout out to cereal and grape juice. I look like a gangster. Well, I was the Don Tony character. You know, I don't want to embarrass myself, but somebody who does a lot of podcasts on video with a blue check mark was talking to me the last two days, giving me advice, little pointers, tips. He actually told me the idea about getting low wattage bulbs. Monday had 85 watt bulbs. Now these are 45 watt bulbs. But he also told me, he's like, you know, Anthony, you know, your videos from the chest up. If you're going to go Don Tony with the suit and everything, you don't have to wear suit pants. You don't have to wear, you know, like big time socks. I promise you I'm not naked right now, but uh, I, I let's just say I don't have suit clothes below my waist. So, yeah, my goal is to have 10,000 subscribers by the end of March. We're already up to like 4,300. And the video's only been on for 48 hours. But look... I want to just say one last thing and we'll move on because we got a ton of stuff to get into today. I can honestly tell you, this is 17 episodes now of Wednesday Night Dynamite. This week is probably the biggest news week in non-WWE since I could remember. Some people that are loyal listeners for a long time are going to really be surprised what I'm about to say. Remember when Jeff Jarrett said wrestling boom and I laughed at it? And I, we did, you know, where's the boom and all that stuff. And I think we proved, I, th I think I was the only person in the beginning that just totally thought the guy was nuts. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, he was ahead of his time. You know, look, if, if I predicted all of you are going to die, sooner or later, I'm going to be right in every case. You can't just say he's going to be a wrestling boom. And then nine years later, there's a boom. Ah, I told all of you. I told all of you. No, that don't work that way. Wait seven, nine years and then fucking predict it. But anyway, are we in the cusp of a wrestling boom now? Or are we having MLW, Impact Wrestling? Um, I don't want to include AEW because AEW is obviously on the next level because they inked a, a TV extension today with TNT, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But you look at Ring of Honor, you look at all the other feds out there, are they all just trying to get some of your coin because, like I said, take note 
of all of the feds out there that talk about 5% increase, 10% increase, biggest pay-per-view buy rate yet, but they never give you fucking numbers. So is there a wrestling boom where millions of fans that fell out of love with wrestling are suddenly back? Or are they all trying to fight to see who gets your money first? I'm not sure right now. I'm torn in the middle. Um, And I'll say something else too. Are you surprised that we have heard nothing about AEW WrestleMania weekend? Is it pride on their part? Because everybody has made it WWE versus AEW, WWE versus AEW, that if they promote something in Florida, WrestleMania weekend, ah, you're only getting these people because you, because WrestleMania is here. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I'm a little surprised that we have heard nothing about AEW WrestleMania weekend. Now, they did announce tonight that John Moxley is going to wrestle for Bloodsport WrestleMania weekend. But, you know, I, I stress the word weekend. It doesn't mean that Moxley can't compete anywhere. Um, I'm curious. Oh, by the way, people want to know what's in the freezer. I'm pissed off, allergic. And tomorrow, I'm probably, since I don't have to do a show. And by the way, breakfast soup tomorrow may be postponed until the weekend. Um, I don't want to blow up Mish's spot. But, you know, Mish is not going to be on wrestling soup tomorrow night. And um, I think Lee from RCWR is going to be uh, hosting with Joey Numbers and Draper. It's going to be a great show. Definitely tune in. But the truth is, is that uh, Mish is moving. He is moving to the Northeast. And tomorrow, I think, is move day. So I'm obviously not going to tell Mish, hey, you know, could you uh, postpone your move? We got breakfast soup to do. So we'll probably do breakfast soup during the weekend. Yes, it'll be video. Yes, it'll be on Patreon. And, um, you know, just for everybody out there, I will let you know on Patreon about tomorrow. But if anybody asks, you know, what's going on with Mish, you know, he's, he's, he's in the middle of a move. That's be- best way to say it. But, um, you know, just getting back to what I was saying before, um, I'm a little surprised that you haven't heard nothing about AEW and WrestleMania weekend. I mean, I don't know. It's just me. That's just me. But anyway, um, got a lot of news to get into today but you know what look this show obviously is not raw or smackdown and yes this wrestler really was not raw or smackdown even though i think he appeared once or twice on tv then he do a tag match with the rock one time but it would be very disrespectful if i didn't mention this right from the get-go but uh rest in peace rocky johnson 75 years old father of the rock Everybody that follows me a long time knows I became a wrestling fan as a very, very young kid, you know, back in 1979, 1982, 83 was where wrestling exploded for me. I was a a curious fan from 79, 82, but once Snooker got pile driven twice by uh, Ray the Crippler Stevens, that's where I caught on. And Rocky Johnson was a bright spot of my childhood as a wrestling fan. Anybody that goes back with me years, even the hotline days, know when I used to reminisce about being a young wrestling fan, Rocky Johnson's name came up a lot. And I always point to one match that if you go watch it, it's no big deal. It's a quick match. It's a bullshit match. It's a TV match that we saw late at night on regular television. 
But I will always remember when Rocky Johnson fought the Magnificent Morocco on TV for the Intercontinental Championship, and Danny Davis was the referee. And Lou Albano was trying to get in the ring, and he's teasing that he's going to put his foot in the ring. And finally, his foot crosses the middle rope. Danny Davis calls for the bell. They give you the impression on TV that Rocky Johnson just won the IC title. Fans are going nuts. That pop that night always stuck with me. And um, I have brought that story up countless times over the years. Uh, but he died today at the age of 75 and uh, a lot of tributes from uh, wrestling fans. And if even if you're a younger wrestling fan that never saw him wrestle, uh, just go back and he had so much charisma and you could see little things where, you know, the, the you could see a little bit of uh, The Rock or the, or the opposite or a little bit of The Rock would have a little bit of his dad in him. And uh, some people got confused on social media when I wrote, you know, my memories of The Rock. For a short period of time, you would hear Pat Patterson call Rocky Johnson The Rock. Um, in fact, I don't know if it was The Rock or Don Morocco. I know later on they called Don Morocco The Rock also. But if I remember correctly, did who was did they call the people's champion once or twice? Was it Rocky Johnson or was it Don Morocco? I think it might have been Rocky Johnson. I got to look it up because, trust me, if that comment was made even one time on a TV match in 1983, people on YouTube have talked about it. But uh, he did die today at the age 75. And um, thank you for, you know, really being a big part of my childhood as a wrestling fan. It was absolutely phenomenal. To, to grow up and see wrestlers like him. He wasn't my all-time favorite. Uh, Snooker was at that time. Speaking of Snooker, is anybody with Ortiz? Uh, you get a you get a little feel without him, you know, with the with the braids or whatever. Does it feel like a little bit of '82 Snooker with the wild hair and the goatee and all that? I don't know. It, it, to me, it feels a little bit uh, like a little bit of Snooker. But you know, I just want to also make mention of this. Um, we have commented over the last couple of weeks that AEW did not seem to be using Santana and Ortiz the way that we thought that they would have been used. And we found out that Santana, his father, passed away a few weeks back. And, um, you know, it's just, that's terrible. I mean, his father passed away. Ken Shamrock just posted um, that I think his father was sent home on hospice. So, you know, it's just a, a lot of, um, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but I think it's only appropriate that we give our thoughts and prayers to Santana, to Ken Shamrock, to the family of Rocky Johnson. Um, I, I mentioned a couple of passings on Monday, Pampiro Furpo, Kendo Nakasaki, which I totally forgot about Monday. That's on me. And, you know, the kudos for Jim Ross paying tribute to all the wrestlers today. I, I don't know if, if people saw the opening of AEW Dynamite, but it was really, really cool to hear um, Jim Ross pay a little tribute to them. Um, and La Parker. Let's remember La Parker as well. Um, and I, again, like I said on Monday, you know, people writing in parentheses in a title, not that La Parker. So fucking disrespectful, you have no idea. I, You know what? For all of those goofs that did that about La Parker's death, you know what I hope? I hope that their fathers 
divorce their mothers and their fathers remarry. All right. And I want all those goofy podcasters to, to not accept their new mother. And then 10, 20, 30 years from now, when their stepmother dies and people pay tribute, or better yet, when their real mother dies and people pay tribute, I want them to put on the on the beginning of the fucking, you know, the the eulogy. Um, not that mother, not that wife, the other wife. See how you fucking feel about that. By the way, I have to tone down my vulgar language a little bit. Uh, you don't have to be a saint on YouTube, but obviously I need to conform a little bit, especially if this goes to another level, which I, you know, is, it may happen down the line. It may not, you know, I'm not doing this because, you know, I like seeing myself wearing a suit and goofy sunglasses in the middle, you know, in my house at 10 o'clock at night. But, um, you know, it was really cool. And, you know, the opening match tonight for AEW, you know, you had the Young Bucks versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus Santana Ortiz. And by the way, did anybody notice? Anybody notice that they did not call Santana and Ortiz the proud and the powerful tonight? I'm not saying it's because of me, but I know a lot of you out there agreed with me, and a lot of you out there said it as well. Proud and the powerful? I don't know. It just doesn't seem. We're all proud. We're all powerful. You know, but it just didn't seem to fit in with them, you know, and I hope they get rid of that moniker. Just call them Santana and Ortiz. And tonight they did not call them proud and the powerful. But um, we had the opening match, Omega and Page versus Santana Ortiz versus Best Friends versus the Young Bucks. Uh, bravo. Bravo AEW. You know, I've given criticism and trust me, I will be doing criticism tonight. Uh, Chris Statlander, what what happened the other day? No, you know, this is a time where I have to take my glasses off. This was last week with I, I, Awesome Kong, and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, but Awesome Kong doing her impression of Mama Shango, where she doesn't even connect with Chris Statlander, and Chris Statlander's like, what happened today? That I, I actually wrote yesterday, then I, maybe I get to bring back the Statlander two-step. I call, I named that yesterday. And would I step in shit? I mean, I can't stand up because then I'll reveal them what I'm wearing down there, down here, down there. Um, but Statlander, I made the little remark yesterday, you know, maybe we'll bring the Statlander two-step on Wednesday night. And what does she do today? The Statlander two-step. Did you see that two fucking moves that she did on, as I call, Rhea Ripoff? Um, Mel, trust me, Melanie Cruz is not a bad wrestler. I don't, I'm undecided if I want to put this on Chris Statlander or if I want to put it on Melanie Cruz because sometimes you're only as good as your opponent and I don't, to me, I feel that this may be more on Mel because she wasn't paying attention, but Statlander should also have the wherewithal that if Mel is not, you know, in the right position, you don't just fucking do your spot anyway. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go on to my Twitter at Don Tony D and um, see what I'm talking about. And by the way, I won't be doing this all night long. I, again, I, I took notice of what everybody, well, some of you said on Monday. Uh, and by the way, I want to give a shout out to Freddie J. I want to give a shout out to Best in the World. Thank you very much. You know, this super chat thing I'm still new with. And this is the reason why I'm not doing Discord tonight. 
I want to focus on all of you tuning in live. I want to focus on everybody that is watching this right now. I'm, I'm reading your comments. You know, it's not easy to try to remember everything. Read all the comments. And I do have some notes in the background. The cool thing about the glasses is you, you, you think I'm looking right at you right now. But right now, I'm actually looking at my boxer shorts saying I should have wore pants today. You know, but um, no, I mean, look, Tony Khan, and this is what I was going to say before, you know, I have given some criticism for Tony Khan, and deservingly so, in my opinion. But Tony Khan, when he said that he's really listening and AEW is listening to everybody out there, they may not acknowledge everybody out there, but they are listening. And you could see uh, little subtle changes that is going on on TV. Case in point, the opening match for the number one contendership, um, no DQ match gets rid of the game genie rules. Think about that. If you watch that match today, if that would have been not a no DQ match, we would have once again said game genie rules. They made it no DQ. Um, sure, look, the match was not absolutely perfect. You know, having all the wrestlers waiting to have someone dive onto you, just like they did with DDP later on, it is what it is. It happens in NXT. It happens in every fucking federation out there. Um, so I have no issue with that. It's, you know, it's more, for me, it's more camera work than anything else. But the idea that they made this no DQ today was an excellent decision. The match was great. Um, you know, on the flip side, and I don't want to jump back and forth like this, but but on the flip side, in on NXT, you had... Um, their opening match, and it, it well, actually, you know, we'll talk about that later because Keith Lee had the confrontation with Undisputed Era, but you know, NXT had an excellent show today as well. We now know the the new challenger for Rhea Ripley's NXT Women's Championship, which is Bianca Belair. Uh, I think many of us thought that Io Shirai was going to get it. How many of you really enjoyed Mercedes Martinez? Um, having that little confrontation uh, with Shayna Baszler in the middle of the ring. I thought that was phenomenal. Um, Mercedes Martinez, when she came out for that match, uh, her eyes looked red. I think that she was very emotional backstage because she was waiting for this moment. Maybe, you know, obviously the main roster might be where she wants to end up, but I'll be honest with you, at her age now, I think her remaining in NXT is probably the way to go. And when I saw her performing, I don't think anybody out there thought that she was going to win this today, but it kind of felt as she was doing her thing in the ring that this might have also been a little, you know, innocent, little, um, you know, message to AEW like, oh, you missed your opportunity. You know, it's all about opportunity, everyone, even what I'm doing right here. You know, I wanted to share what we were doing with others, some people don't do video. Uh, someone in particular thought that my idea of doing this is stupid and I'm just uh, trying to be a middle-aged YouTube star, which I just thought was so moronic to say, but so untrue. You know, I want to talk to you straight, you know, eye to eye. I, when, I, when I do the show audio only and you see Chris Statlander going like, I'm getting dizzy doing that. Statler, you got to stop that. You know, you can't see none of that. I want to have fun. I want to be able to show things. 
you know, but it's about opportunity. Now, I don't know where this is going to go. Maybe two months from now, there's no more video. I have no idea. But, you know, I got the opportunity. I have an opportunity of possibly going to satellite radio. I'm going to take the opportunity. It's not just, hey, let me take the opportunity. There's a lot of work involved as well. Mercedes Martinez, you know, maybe AEW really missed out on an opportunity. I mean, the fact that Awesome Kong cannot uh, uh, compete today because she was not medically cleared due to illness and they put Brandy Rhodes in that spot. I'm not going to criticize Brandy Rhodes, but, you know, you see what was going on in that match. The crowd was dead. And Brandy Rhodes, I know she is playing a heel character on social media as well, that if, if she didn't step up as she wrote, then, you know, there would have been no women's match tonight. You know, and I say this in storyline. Um, where the fuck are all your women? What do you mean if I didn't step up, there would have been no women's match? To tr- she's trying to make it sound like there were no other women that could have competed. That's fucking disgusting. And you know what's even stupider? If it ends up we find out on AEW Dark that women had a match, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just, I did not like that match at all. Uh, it just felt like filler. Um, Brandy Rhodes... You know, I I guess this is kind of a compliment and maybe a dig at the same time. She's better suited backstage segments on the microphone. In the ring, there is really not much there, in my opinion. But the opening match tonight, let's give AEW their due. It was a phenomenal match. And uh, we now have Hangman Page and Kenny Omega as the number one contenders for the uh, AEW tag titles. They're going to take on SCU on Jericho's cruise, and I will repeat something that I said on Monday. Uh, in storyline, in storyline, why why is Moxley allowed on that cruise ship? He just bashed a champagne bottle over the person who was running that cruise. Wouldn't it have made more sense, especially since this pay-per-view is not for another six weeks Wouldn't it have made sense to ban Moxley from the ship and Moxley maybe, you know, like I said, it's kind of stupid when you think about security and going on a cruise ship, but maybe Moxley, you know, like conceals himself and he's got a disguise on and then he attacks Jericho. I don't think it was absolutely necessary to have Moxley versus pack and i know i'm giving some match results away but this is not spoilers i just comment about matches i don't do match by match results that's never what this was about but i just feel like why not just do it the following week you ban moxley moxley shows up anyway causes a headache for jericho moxley should have should have interfered and caused jurassic express to get the win next week I just, I don't understand why you would keep announcing Moxley on that ship. Where is Jericho to say, you're not allowed on my ship? You're not allowed on my cruise? You know? Yeah, I know. Throw him overboard. It's it's not as simple as what as you think, Dave. How many times you hear about people falling overboard? And I know, you know, you may think, oh, because they're intoxicated. But you get thrown overboard in the middle of the ocean, there's a good chance you're going to die from that. It ain't going to be like, oh, this is, let me throw him a raft. Let me throw him a little one of those little, like, big donuts. Oh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Moxley liked that. You know, risk taker. Fucking die. So I, that's the only thing I don't like about it. 
You could add Pack versus Moxley the following week, and you do a storyline where Moxley is banned from the cruise. Easy, simple. You still got six freaking weeks to build this up. But speaking of that, I said this on Monday, and I'll repeat it here. Uh, Mox, Moxley is going to take on Pack. Fine. Whatever. Hangman Page and Omega, if they have a split, if Hangman Page turns heel, there is no rush to do it right now. I said this on Monday. I think you definitely need to have a couple of shots of Hangman Page having a couple of cold ones with the fans on the ship. And, you know, maybe a week or two down the line, you you know, you have a little falling out. It, it may happen next week. SCU, in my opinion, may retain. There's two ways to go with this. Hangman Page and Omega win the tag titles. They keep the belts for like two or three weeks. Then they have some type of, you know, fuck up in the ring. They lose the belts. Hangman Page turns on Omega. That's one scenario. The second scenario is they lose next week. They have a little bit of, uh, you know, a little fuck up in the ring. And then Page turns on Omega either next week or the week after. You know, so we'll see which way they go. But I don't know. I Like I said, I just think with the Moxley thing again, they should have just banned them from the ship. You know, shout out to Adam Demoy. Uh, yeah, Moxley is the lunatic fringe. Even more of a reason. He's a lunatic fringe. You don't allow him on the ship. You know, just if he's going to be walking around, meeting with people, and Jericho just happens to be nine feet away, like New Japan, you know, we're not supposed to re- remember that. They're in the same building, the same locker room together. You know, I, I, I'm just trying to play storyline. I always try to think a little bit of a, uh, one step ahead of everything. But, um, you know, I will say this also. You know, when Tony Schiavone opened up and mentioned Bash at the Beach, I'm not going to lie, I thought that... Uh, you know, that was a nice little nostalgic feel of WCW from back in the day. And I also noticed some people tonight, like, oh, another tag team match to open Dynamite. You know, back in the 90s, when Nitro was on the air, we were always greeted, well, not always, but we were usually greeted with a cruiserweight match to open Nitro. Mysterio, Hoovy, Malenko, Guerrero, Jericho sometimes, La Parca, not that one. See? You know, so I have no problem with tag team matches open. If it's a great fucking match, it's a great fucking match. That's how I look at it. Um, But anyway, you know, I will say this. And again, I don't mean to jump back and forth, but NXT, their open was Keith Lee cutting a promo, how he's going to take Roderick Strong's North American title. This was going up against the opener of AEW Dynamite. And... um, yeah, Dave, I agree with you. A lot of AEW haters out there, you know, like they they criticize it, and I just don't understand. If you don't don't like the product, just ignore it, you know. But they want to be involved in the conversation. You can't have it both ways, you know. I I just I don't know, but um, I will say this: after the Keith Lee Undisputed Era segment, and we had uh, the Rosaweights. Uh, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle taking on Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster from NXT UK. That was an excellent match. But that match went on way too too long. Way too long. Um, but anyway, thank you, Shezzy Ali. AEW Dark, 
not going to give spoilers because that hasn't aired yet, but you have Evil Uno and Grayson uh, versus Brandon Cutler and Sonny Kiss, Jurassic Express versus The Stronghearts, Big Swall versus Diamante, and Nyla Rose um, had a tables match with Shauna. Now, again, you see, that goes back to what I said before. Brandy with this kind, I know she wants to be a heel, you know, but if you're going to depend on social media that much to advance characters and try to, you know, make things make sense, you, you just said that shit. And now you got four fucking women on AEW Dark. I don't know. I just didn't, didn't like that. I just thought it was stupid. I mean, yeah, look, they ate the pin. Uh, Brandy wasn't the one that got pinned, by the way. But, you know, look, like I said, the opening match tonight for NXT was uh, was decent, but it went way too fucking long. AEW, their opening match was phenomenal. Um, next match, we had the women's match, you know, Melanie Cruz, Mel, uh, who I call Rhea Ripoff. I mean, I, it's no nothing personal against Melanie Cruz, but to me, she looks like a ripoff of Rhea Ripley. Just, it's just me. She teamed up with Brandy Rose. They lost to Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida. You had Dr. Luther at ringside again. You know, Jim Ross, I appreciate what he says, but if fans don't want to do research about Dr. Luther, don't even fucking tell them, you know, especially when you start researching, you realize how much of a hardcore legend he was in the areas that he worked, and then you just see him getting punked out by the women two weeks in a row. It doesn't say much for Dr. Luther, you know? And I, I almost feel like we see it coming. I don't know if you feel this way, but you almost feel like Brandy Rhodes, she's going to kick Dr. Luther out of the Nightmare Collective. In fact, Awesome Khan, well, Awesome Khan can't cut his hair. Well, he could cut some hair, but uh, we're not going to see that. Uh, but he, she could probably powerbomb him and fuck him up a little bit. And Dr. Luther will be, bye-bye. Speaking of fucking things up, and I again, I don't mean to go back and forth, but I understand Impact Wrestling is really trying to create an identity. And yeah, I know the Tessa Blanchard situation, they want it to dissipate a little bit right now. I'm not going to get into the Tessa Blanchard situation here because on Monday, I talked about it for about 20 minutes I'll give you the results from the pay-per-view a little bit later. I thought the pay-per-view was was very good uh, for Impact Wrestling's, you know, you know, the content. But the one thing that does amaze me is their TV show, following it. Yeah, they did a recap. Yeah, they ex- had a little bit more confrontation with um, Tessa Blanchard, you know, and Sammy Callahan. But you know, the two clips that they decided to float all over social media was Joey Ryan and his dick with Johnny Swinger and RVD's celebration with his two girls or his girlfriend and his girlfriend's girlfriend in the hotel room. And I don't know if you saw that yet. RVD reinventing himself. This is funny. It's entertaining. I like it. I have no problem with it. The problem is, is that um, it's almost like you know, somebody who's an alcoholic, you got to know when to say when. And they decided to do that whole scene in the bed and they're distorting, you know, his girlfriend's tits or his girlfriend's girlfriend's tits. And, you know, it's just, it just was too over the top. And Twitch 
Knocked him off. Twitch told Impact, get the fuck off our channel with that shit. And look, do I think it's permanent? No, I don't think it's permanent. They probably got a temporary ban, and they'll probably have to really tone down a little bit of their content. Uh, RVD right now is entertained. This is not on RVD, but Impact Wrestling is so... Again, just look at what they pushed on social media since yesterday. Um, the dick flip and RVD segment. Sorry, Impact Wrestling. If you think that you're going to be... if you if they, They're obviously trying to be attitude, and they're obviously trying to make social statements. Tessa Blanchard winning the title. I've said this before, and I said it on Monday. Putting all the controversy aside, the storyline that built for seven months... Um, it led to the right conclusion as far as the storyline goes. How long she keeps the belt, I have no idea. They're going to be coming to New York, I think, in April. Uh, Rebellion, I'll look. I'll check the date in a minute. But um, you know, I don't know how long she keeps that belt. The storyline led to the right conclusion. Now, for anybody out there that does not follow Impact Wrestling on a week-by-week basis, and you're only finding out about the storyline over the last two or three weeks, you may look at it and be like, wait a minute, how come a girl that small could beat somebody? You just, the whole storyline, you, you got to be invested in it or you just can't just jump in there, make a catchy tweet. You might get 50 or 60 likes from people online and you think, hey, I'm fucking smart. You see, look at all the, and that doesn't mean shit. But again, you're going to make a powerful st- statement like that, a powerful statement like that. And then you decide what you're going to push all over social media is Joey Ryan's dick flip and RVD with two naked women in his bed. You know, it just, I don't know. <laughs> you're trying to make history with a, with a woman being your heavyweight champion. And then at the same time, you're putting that's, that's my, and don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, an altar boy here. I don't mind, you know, a, a little bit of adult content here and there. I'm not a fan of the dick flip. I think it's, you know, Papa Shanga stupid, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Some people find it funny. Some people enjoy it. I totally respect that. If you like that, fine with me, but impact wrestling, it feels like it, it reminds me of goofs that I always make fun of. Goofs on Twitter that will tweet, like try to tweet the catchiest thing to just get hits and likes. And when they're not getting enough attention, they'll they'll reminisce about, you know, things from yesteryear to make everybody else reminisce. Or they'll talk about something that nobody gives a fuck about. Just because there's other people bored out there, they'll get tons of hits. It's like, let me say whatever I can to get some attention so when I turn my my, you know, big bird night light off at night to go to bed. I feel like everybody likes me because I got 44 likes on Twitter tonight because of a goofy post. That's what impact wrestling feels like right now. You know, let's tweet, let's fucking post whatever the fuck we can. It could get us the most. They're just trying, 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 trying. But, you know, look, Tessa Blanchard is the champion. Let's see where it goes. Should Tessa turn full-blown heel? I don't know. I don't know, but I will say this ring of honor, you know, for a while we've been saying, or I've been saying that ring of honor and impact wrestling are competing to uh, see who goes out of business first ring of honor made some moves the last couple of days. And will we see ring of honor 
maybe have a little bit of interaction with uh, the NWA. For those that don't know, NWA's Hard Times pay-per-view, Nick Aldis is going to be taking on Flip Gordon of Ring of Honor. Will Ospreay uh, is now signed for Supercard of Honor, WrestleMania weekend. Marty Scroll is going to be there, obviously. Brody King, uh, Roosh, Kenny King, Amy Rose, Dragon Lee is going to be there. And Marty Scroll, look, there's a little bit of confusion online. Is he the head booker? Is he not the head booker? Is Delirious the head booker still? I, it doesn't matter. Marty Scroll, you know, however, even if you think he looks goofy, all right, there, some of the most successful people that come aboard different types of entertainment, sometimes the, the most unexpected people end up being your MVPs. Marty Skrull, just because he doesn't have a history of being a booker or working behind the scenes, doesn't mean that he doesn't have it up here. So I say to everybody out there, give Marty Skrull a chance to have his influence. There was some word going around that Marty Skrull was heavily involved with the idea of having a free show in Baltimore. Me, when you have money problems the way Ring of Honor does, it's not you know bankruptcy problems, but when you're not getting the revenue that you should, Maybe having a free show is not the best thing to do. But, you know, look, if they're going to pay Marty Scroll the kind of coin that they're paying him, give it a shot. See where it goes. But the idea of NWA, Nick Aldis having a little of interaction. And by the way, for those that are interested, thank God I have my Bulletproof coffee today, by the way, tonight. Because, you know, my mind is racing right now. Little things are coming in my head. And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. If anybody out there that's checked out Vicky Guerrero's podcast, and I swear on my mind, I don't have any of these notes in front of me, but Vicky Guerrero's going to be interviewing Nick Aldis, and you can send in questions to ask him. You have, if I remember correctly, you have until 10 o'clock uh, Thursday morning, the 16th, to send in questions for Vicky Guerrero's podcast with Nick Aldis. But, you know, look, you got Nick Aldis doing a little interaction with Ring of Honor. Nick Aldis showed up at Ring of Honor's last event. Uh, you hear Marty Scroll saying that he wants to do something with AEW. If anybody remembers last year, what did I say last year? That I honestly thought some of these promotions were going to try, maybe not on the Vern Gagne level, but we would have some super cards. Anybody remember me saying that multiple times? I think 2020 is going to be the year of commingling with these promotions. All right, case in point, NWA, and yes, I am going back and forth, but that's how I do these shows. And this will drive Dells crazy because Dells wants to put little clips on YouTube so people could go right to things, and I'll bring up something now, and I'll go back to it later, and this and that. I apologize. Dells is really helping me out with the clips. I promise you next week, I don't know if I'm going to be on Monday. And by the way, let me just give everybody a programming alert. If I am not on this Monday's DTKC show, that episode will be audio only uh, because obviously I'm the only one that knows how to uh, do the video. Hell, I'm the only one that, that does the recording too. But I can hit, you know, record on audio and leave the room. I just wanted to take a Monday off. Um, especially since I know Kev is going to want to talk about Tessa Blanchard and talk about this and talk about this stuff that I already talked about. I really don't want to sit there and have the same conversation that I had Monday and now. So just a little heads up with that. But getting back to NWA, you know, they have their TV title tournament coming up at their pay-per-view. 
and the TV results this week led to some matches going down. Now, um, as a result of all of this, we have Block A uh, in the tournament of Tim Storm. He's going to be taking on Zane Dawson. Now, next week on NWA Power, they're going to announce the names of two open slots. What are the open slots? They're teasing it as two wrestlers that are not currently on the NWA roster. So Ricky Starks, at hard times, Ricky Starks is going to face open slot. They're going to announce next week who Ricky Starks' opponent is going to be. Zicky Dice, who is in Block B, they're also going to announce who his opponent is going to be in the tournament at hard times. Then you have the question mark, who is going to uh, be taking on uh, the winner of Thomas Latimer and Trevor Murdoch. That match takes place next week. So now, the reason why I'm saying all this in the middle of this is because since we have Nick Alda showing up at Ring of Honor, since we have um, him taking on Flip Gordon at hard times, it would not surprise me if one or both of the wrestlers next week that they announced in the NWA TV title tournament are Ring of Honor guys. And wouldn't it be something if a Ring of Honor wrestler is announced and that Ring of Honor wrestler ends up winning the TV title at NWA Hard Times pay-per-view and then cuts a promo and says he's bringing the title back to Ring of Honor. That starts a little feud. I don't know if AEW is going to commingle with Ring of Honor, to be honest with you. I think Ring of Honor is still going to try to do work with New Japan. Uh, I believe New Japan is going to be appearing at Ring of Honor's event, WrestleMania weekend. It'll probably be commingled. So I think 2020 is going to be the year of commingling. How much of it is on AEW's end? I don't know. Um, you know, you have some wrestlers in AEW that are working other areas. Case in point, Joey Janela, GCW. I don't have the clip in front of me. I apologize, Shaheen. I completely forgot to cue it up. But, you know, Joey Janela was a big mainstay in GCW, and they had a farewell from him recently because he was going to be AEW. And now he appeared again over the weekend, and I think he might be doing commentary, but he's obviously going to get in the ring. Uh, MJF, who we told everybody was leaving MLW, we told all of you about a month ago that that was happening. Um, yeah, he's gone there, but you are going to see some wrestlers still working in other promotions, which is smart because you have them hone their craft. But now after AEW landed this TV deal, uh, for those that don't know, AEW um, announced today that they got a four-year TV extension with TNT. The rumored amount of the TV extension is $175 million dollars. Average $45 million a year, 43 you know, and change. That is a big deal for AEW. That is security. That allows them to sign some additional talent. Uh, they really need to, three months from now, we need at least one or two new big names in AEW. Three months from now. I think Brody Lee... A lot of people think, oh, Brody Lee, Villain Enterprises, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. I think Brody Lee has to go to AEW. Uh, 
I think three months from now, which would be right after WrestleMania, I think we should all remember this. I think three months from now, we have to have at least two big names appearing in AEW that are not appearing right now. Getting $175 million is huge for AEW. Not only that, they have agreed to launch a second show. Now, this was something that was talked about last year, and you know, a lot of people, including me, were like, second show, launch your first one, then worry about your second show. Now, we don't know what that show's going to be. Me, personally, I like the idea uh, of them moving AEW Dark to TNT. I actually, and I'm not going to lie, I'm not the first person who said this tonight, but I love this idea. I think having a Saturday night, 5 p.m., 6 p.m. show on TNT, just to have AEW Dark, who gives a shit? if Jericho and Moxley and Omega and some of these are not on there. Of course, you'll probably have one high-profile match to be on that card. You don't want to have, you know, all of the up-and-comers and no, you know, big names at all. But I think moving AEW Dark to TNT on maybe a Saturday night, 6 p.m., you could still have AEW Dark on TV, on YouTube as well. The problem with that, though, is if you're going to work out a, a deal with it with TNT, and TNT is going to get, obviously, advertising revenue, you know, they're not going to be, I don't think they'd be too keen about splitting hits or views with YouTube or online service. So it's very possible uh, no, I don't think 605, that's NWA, WCW stuff. No, I think just flat out 6 p.m. Saturday night. It's not a bad time. You know, you have the, the up-and-comers. You have one high-profile match at the end, and that's it. So um, this is great for AEW. This is great for wrestling fans in general because, like I said, you know, you've had some people out there, and I see some of you in the chat who have brought up some examples. You've had some people out there that are saying, oh, six months from now, a year from now, AEW's history. Um, well, as of right now, they're going to be around for at least four, four more years. Now, there was a little bit of confusion online because with the press release, they were talking about an average of like 1.2 million fans. What they are doing is they're combining the live rating and those who watch it, I guess, on replay, DVR, you know, just uh, the streaming service for TNT. And I have <laughs> somebody saying Saturday night, 6.05, what would the start time be? It would be 6.05. But, um, but AEW, uh, you know, I personally think this is a great move. It is an excellent move. Um and I have no problem with them combining the viewership like that. Sure, some people are watching it twice. What do, what do you care? You know what I mean? If you double dip, you know, you double dip. You know, that's, I, I, so good for AEW, uh, good for TNT, good for wrestling fans. Because now, you know, they, put it this way also. Now the fact that they got four years of security, now they could treat some things more like a marathon and not a sprint because some Hall of Famers have even said over the last couple of weeks, they thought that, I think Mick Foley was the most recent one to say it, that AEW really like 
just you know burnt through that storyline with Jericho and and Cody, you know, so freaking fast. Like they just started on TV, and that big storyline is already gone. And we've talked about it before that you know they're just blowing their load way too fast with some stuff. And um, you know, I think now they can ease back a little bit on the gas pedal. They could treat it more like a marathon, not a sprint. And way back when, when AEW first debuted, I said that they would end up around seven, eight hundred thousand viewers on average. I'm still sticking with that number, although I honestly think tonight, I think AEW probably uh, beats NXT in the ratings again. You know, I'm not, I had so much going on tonight that it really hasn't sunk in as far as what I think the ratings are going to be. Um, on Patreon, I think I was within 20,000 of what NXT's rating was going to be. So I was pretty close, but I think AEW beats NXT in the ratings this week by about 170,000 viewers. I think AEW put on a good enough show today, although I will say, um, I don't know if I would have went with Pac versus Darby Allen to close out Dynamite. Maybe because they knew NXT was going to be doing this big women's battle royal that they went with that. I don't know if it's also that AEW was not confident about Moxley and um, Guevara closing out the show. Sure, they did the whole ambulance spot where, you know, Moxley got beat up. They put him in an ambulance. It's funny how the ambulance stood parked in the back for an hour and 20 minutes. And then, you know, he caught, and it was funny too, because Moxley was trying to kick the door open on the ambulance. Anybody see that when he kicked the door in the ambulance and uh, couldn't kick it open? So he just flicked the, he was like, fuck it. He just flicked the handle inside. I thought that was pretty funny, but um, yeah, I'm not knocking it. I, I don't mind goofiness, but tonight, uh, as I said earlier, and I have to make mention to it one more time. You know, the Statlander two-step, I didn't specifically say what actually happened tonight. But if you go on my YouTube, uh, my Twitter, at Don Tony D, I put up the clip. Uh, Statlander at one point had uh, Rhea Ripoff outside the ring. And Statlander is standing on the apron. Rhea Ripoff looks a little bit discombobulated. And, and the camera, again, this goes back to... Uh, wrestlers like Conan and Disco Inferno and others, Jericho I even think was on that interview as well, that a lot of wrestlers don't know where the red button is, where the live, the big center camera is. The camera's right smack in front of Statlander. And Statlander goes for a kick, and she totally misses. I mean, he might have grazed the shoulder of, of uh, Mel, and Mel is like thrown back. And then Statlander goes for like a like a moonsault or a flip and just like just with her hand like it was just god awful. I look, I've seen a lot of Statlander's work trying to get a crash course on her when she first, you know, was coming into AEW. And again, I don't know, I'm not sure who I want to really put that blame more on. But I kind of give it to both because you have to have the wherewithal to know that if somebody's out of out of position, you can't have it in your mind that I'm gonna do it at moonsault. And whether she, whether I just tap her with my finger or connect beautifully, I'm gonna do it anyway. You can't have that fucking mindset. And yeah, I know who am I to say that I'm not the one in the ring and this, this and that. But my God, I mean, she did the moonsault and just. <laughs> 
Seriously, if you were to took that little fucking uh, well, no, we can't we can't do that on the show. Sorry. If we took um, some, no, we can't. We can't. I think you get my point. But anyway, um, just getting back to AEW a little bit more tonight. Um, so we had that little uh, schmaz with uh, Moxley and Guevara. You know, not a bad match, but I think it kind of fell flat a little bit. You know, Moxley gets attacked, and this is supposed to further the feud again. You know, as I said earlier, sorry to beat a dead horse, but, you know, after what Moxley did with the champagne bottle and beating the fuck out of him, you know, it just makes no sense why Jericho would allow him on the cruise ship. You know, he could show up anyway. What? How did he get on here? Wouldn't it be funny? Seriously. And I got to, again, I got to be careful because, you know, I have boxer shorts on. I'm not going to lie because I wanted to be a little bit comfortable while I do this. Plus, it's hot in here with these bulbs. I don't want to be sweating bullets. But um, could you imagine if you're on the cruise ship and they're like, hey, who's that? And they look in the in the ocean and you see Moxley with a rowboat going. Oh, my God. I think that would be so fucking. They wouldn't do that, obviously. Could you pitch them on a little fucking skiff trying to catch up to the boat? Almost like the meatballs mumble with the guy. I'm not going to keep flashing the glasses, so. Uh, anyway. For those that are listening audio only, I'm sorry if I get a little animated and you're like, what the fuck is he doing right now? See, this is what I've been wanting to do. I want to have fun. I want to be able to poke fun and just laugh a little bit. You know, it just, it really, I'm not going to lie, man. You know, Someone who I called a friend that is a fellow podcaster said, I don't need to be a middle-aged YouTube wannabe middle-aged star. And I'm like, man, that's pretty harsh, right? It's pretty fucking harsh. Ah, well, anyway, we're full steam ahead, everybody. Donzilla Army, we're full steam ahead. You know, people are going to regret not joining up. And when they like, hey, where is everybody? Bye. Bye. Anyway, let's get back to AEW. Because how long have we gone now? I've gone about an... Well, I'm only gone an hour so far. I start a little bit late today because once again, I think nerves. I got a little bit of uh, technical difficulty. I forgot to hit the button that says live. And I was chatting with everybody. And I'm like, Minga, how come nobody's fucking answering my questions? And then I realized that, oh, I forgot to hit stream live. Now, on the download... Or maybe late tonight after I edit the beginning of this a little bit, you're going to be like, oh, well, I didn't see nothing wrong with the video. But everybody that's listening live, you know, they stuck around for a few extra minutes so I can, you know, redo this. And thank you very much for that. I promise you by next week, even if I'm not on Monday, by next Wednesday's Wednesday Night Dynamite, a lot of these little kinks will be out of here. Trust me. I, and even the background with the furniture um, I got another little, so I don't know if you could see this behind me. You see that over there? I got another one of those cabinets being delivered tomorrow. I'm going to put that together. That's going to go where the fucking food freezer is. And, um, I'm going to clean up this area a little bit more. Some of you have sent gifts that I want to put on display, even though this has nothing to do with wrestling, but Dell's, he got me cause I, Prince was my favorite performer growing up he got me this really cool so i want to i want to put things in the background so and yeah we'll be doing where's kev he's 
probably home right now. Um, wait a minute. I just realized money. Kev is never on Wednesday Night Dynamite. Why would you even think that? This is Wednesday Night Dynamite. It's hosted by yours truly. So, Anyway, let's let's get back to AEW a little bit because uh, I want to move on to NXT. We had Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall, and Diamond Dallas Page versus The Butcher, The Blade, and MJF. As I said last week, this is to help get MJF a little bit more over. And, uh, you know, DDP was going to give him a little bit of the rub as well. Um, again, I, I mentioned this Monday, and obviously I said it before we had the match tonight with DDP. I don't know why people make such a big deal. That big show came back for a little while, the last two weeks, and why DDP has a match. DDP 70 fucking years old. All right. I guarantee you, if you're a basketball fan, a baseball fan, and you have a favorite player that, you know, is still really good. I'm not saying to make a comeback in the their sport, but if you see him in an old timers game and it's 70 years old, they hit a home run or, you know, they they nail a three-pointer. I mean, you mean to tell me for one fucking night you can't just say like, wow, you know, if that was one more match in one moment, you know, yeah, when he climbed the top rope and he dove, everybody's standing there waiting. I have to take the glasses off of this. And it, they're almost in awe because, you, you know, when you get starstruck with your eyes and you blink, you go. That's what they were all like when DDP climbed the top rope. I loved it. I loved it. He wasn't going to get, and even if he did, even if he would have got a win today, thank God he didn't because honestly, nobody on that team should have gotten pinned. Definitely not MJF and the butcher and the blade. They already, you know, screwed them up. It's just so Darby Allen and Cody could have a match. And I'll repeat what I said Monday. If you haven't done so yet, you want to get to learn um, a little bit more about Darby Allen. Go seek out his appearance on Talk His Jericho. I listened to it, and a really phenomenal interview. Uh, Jericho obviously has plenty of time to keep a guest on for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe longer, and you could really get to know that person. That's obviously something that AEW cannot do on television, but you listen to it, and you want to root for Darby Allen a little bit more. You know, some of his attitude, you kind of get rubbed the wrong way a little bit. But, you know, I really enjoyed his appearance on with Jericho. And you really should go check that out. Um, Botch Club, I appreciate, you know, what you're writing on there. But, um, you know, just PM me on Twitter, at Don Tony D, and I'll be happy to plug next week, whatever you want me to plug. Um, but... You know, just wrapping up AEW Dynamite today. Once again, Darby Allen versus Pac. You know, decent back and forth match, but, you know, I'm just not, you know, I, it didn't feel like a main event match. You know, I know the, their whole goal was to have Moxley, you know, break down the door of the ambulance. I'm not going to the hospital and I'll see you next week and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. And it's like, you know, I don't know if I would have done that at the expense of a main event. I don't know. I was a little confused with with that decision. But it is what it is. And, um, you know, that's how AEW went off the air. Take note, 
that I didn't bring up Michael Nakatozawa. I don't call him Michael Nakazawa. I call him Michael Nakatozawa. Michael Nakatozawa. Um, does anybody give a shit about Michael Nakazawa? Um, I mean, I think AEW should have learned a lesson when they had Kenny Omega going, no, 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 when Pac was beating him up. Um, he's like Kenny from, is it Kenny from South Park? The one that keeps dying. It's like every week, Michael Naka Tozawa gets the shit knocked out of him. And I'm sorry, I have no sympathy whatsoever that Naka Tozawa is getting beat up. There has been no character development. There's no sympathy. He joins the Dark Order. I think it's going to be more funny the way you pronounce it. You know, me, Dakara, Dakara, Dakara. Like like Dakota, me, Dakota, Dakota, me, I joined Dakota, Dakota. I don't care about Michael Nakatozawa and AEW, please. I'm not trying to be a dick right now. I guarantee you most of the people listening right now are going to say the same thing as well. Michael Nakatozawa is not, has not been a main star on TV in the past. He's not recovering from some form of serious illness where we have a little sympathy. Oh, he's making a comeback. Oh, let's root for him. You know, he's getting beat up in the back. And how goofy is that? You know, that Pac beats the shit out of him. And you go to commercial breaks and you have uh, Omega hunting through all these dressing rooms trying to find his buddy. And then nothing, nothing. I mean, you could see it. Oh, Michael Nakatozawa is going to join the Dark Order because nobody was there for him when he was getting beat up. And they're welcoming me. Take it in. You know, me, no, Dakara. Me member, Dakara. Dakara, me member. Me member. Like a little baby being cradled. Do I give a shit? Kill the fucking guy. I don't mean literally, but... Nobody cares about Michael Nakatozawa. Anyway, let's move on to NXT tonight. And trust me, we got more news and stuff to get into. You know, I got a lot of stuff to, to talk about. You know, it, it's cool because I actually burned through a few things tonight that, you know, I don't have to keep rehashing, thank God. And, you know, yes, tonight might be a little bit longer than usual because some big news broke, you know, over the past weekend. And you know, a lot of uh, companies had some big events. Uh, Ring of Honor had a, a decent night in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, you know, I really got a kick out of Mar uh, Maria Manic and the Bully Ray spot. You know, everybody is so worried about Maria Manic because, oh, Teddy Hart has her under a spell. Was she fucking 15 years old? What are you, all the, her big brother now? I don't know, man. I think just some people out there, you know, you can't even put like a photo of yourself online and you put cartoon character pics or old pics or baby pics. You have no position to be saying how somebody else should be. To, if you're that concerned for her well-being, call the fucking cops. Call, call, call law enforcement. What are you going to say? I watched the YouTube channel and she wants to be mixed martial arts. And he was training her and she, he actually hit her in the face and she was crying. You got to do something about that. You got to do something. Where's the Mounties? Tuddy Hearts from Canada. Where's the Mounties? Shut up. Shut up. You know, she's, she's, you know, big, well, I don't say big boy. She's an adult. Whatever she wants to do, she does. 
Don't you get it? They're on YouTube. I'm starting to understand a little bit. They're on YouTube because they know that people are talking about them. <sighs> anyway, Ring of Honor, like I said, had a decent night over the weekend with their uh, Center Sage event in Georgia. Uh, Ring of Honor might not be dead yet. You know, they are trying to make some moves. And once again, as I said before, give Marty Scroll the benefit of the doubt. Supercard of Honor, that's going to be in Florida. You know, they are going to be announcing some members of Bullet Club. Um, I, I don't have the information in front of me. Next week, I'll bring some more information. I think Jay White is confirmed. Will Ospreay is also confirmed. Um, now, the only thing is, is that I, I'm not familiar with the building, but a few people had told me that where Ring of Honor is having their event at the RP Funding Center, that's like 40 miles away from WrestleMania or that neck of the woods. You know, trust me, you know, in my neck of the woods, driving 40 miles to go out, that's kind of, you know, pushing it, you know. So I'm sure some fans are definitely going to want to go, but it's not going to be in the same vicinity. See, like when we had WrestleMania weekend early this year, even when we had to get together at Lucky 13, um, where a lot of these places had their events, even uh, I think House of Glory, it was only about maybe 10 miles 15 miles from Manhattan. So, you know, there's a big difference between 10 miles and 40 miles. But, you know, look, they're, they're still doing some work with New Japan. They're going to be in Florida. And I think there may be some life after all for Ring of Honor. Let's see what happens in 2020. Um, now, with uh, very quickly, and before I get into NXT, I might as well bang these out of the way. NWA, I think most of the news will be next week once we know all the brackets for the title tournament. Um, you know, Scott Steiner showing up there. You know, I did find it funny that all Scott Steiner said was white trash and they had to center, censor that out. Um, you know, look, maybe that is a YouTube standard. You know, I didn't censor it out. But, you know, Scott Steiner, look, he could still talk. He's still, you know, okay in the ring. He's not embarrassing. Um, you know, they got to get some, you know, recognizable names. And yes, if you follow NWA, a lot of the names are recognizable, but you know what I mean? More the household names. But I, I just remember what I said two years plus two years ago, I said AEW would be the first millennial promotion, true millennial promotion. And I think people now understand why I said that. I think 2020 is going to be the year of commingling with promotions you're going to see promotions work with each other a lot more than before. And the interesting thing is going to see how much AEW takes part in that. Because I think now at AEW with this security, these other promotions need AEW a hell of a lot more than AEW needs them. I'm sure a lot of you out there would have some fantasy ideas of seeing Marty Scroll in AEW or seeing Nick Aldis confront Cody which I don't give me the history. I already know what you're talking about. But it would be cool to see some people showing up in different areas. I just don't know if AEW needs to go that route. Um, but we'll, we'll wait and see. And by the way, I mentioned earlier, a few people were asking, John Moxley is going to take on Josh Barnett at Bloodsport. That was supposed to take place, I think, last year. But because he had that infection with his elbow or something, it didn't take place. Um, and by the way, you know, before I don't, I don't want to keep, you know, look, obviously with super chat, 
some of you, you know, definitely deserve to get some special shout out, especially for those that are, you know, putting these super daily. I'm still getting used to this super chat setup. I never even, first of all, this blows away Discord and Mixler with all due respect. And it's not because people could send a couple of dollars here or there. It's just very, very lively, very active. And um, believe it or not, you may not realize this, but we do have three moderators in the chat on YouTube. Uh, there'll always be at least one there. And if you notice, everybody is pretty cool. And But Rick Velez, James Boltwright, and if anybody goes back to the Minority Report days, you might remember someone by the name of Deadpool. But uh, shout out to all three of them because they surfaced on Monday's um, show that I did. And it was really cool to see those names pop up again. Now, I don't mean to you know put other people aside, but especially Deadpool. Because anybody remembers Minority Report, Deadpool would come on often and we would talk wrestling and very, very smart guy. Haven't heard that guy's name in over a decade. So uh, now let's talk a little bit about NXT. Now, before I even talk about tonight's show, they announced the latest members to join NXT and at the Developmental Center, Mercedes Martinez, not only did she just sign with them, but we got to see her tonight in a battle royal. They have some other names, which I guarantee you have not really seen before. You go on WWE's website, you'll see the profiles. Um, one wrestler, Kenny Marquez, who some of you know is Jake Atlas. Uh, they talked about how his dream is to become the first openly gay WWE champion. Um, there's some interesting people there. there there's a, a someone who used to play football, uh, NFL football, I might add. I think a Anthony Francis is his name. But, you know, it's uh, interesting, you know, new group of people. Um, but tonight we had NXT go down. Not a bad show. Um, I think, in my opinion, some matches may have run a little bit too long. Case in point, you know, I mentioned earlier, Keith Lee had come out. And, you know, basically said that Undisputed Era, they have all the belts, and Undisputed Era might have reached their peak. They may have uh, reached their limit, but Keith Lee is limitless. This leads to them coming out, beating them down. We had uh, Ciampa make an appearance. And this is all to set up Roderick Strong versus Keith Lee next week, which I'm definitely looking forward to. I mean, I've said it repeatedly. Keith Lee is my favorite NXT wrestler. Um, and let's see if he gets that belt. Um, but it was not a bad way to open NXT, but right after that, we had Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster in the, you know, tournament, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tournament. This match went on almost 20 minutes. Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster are very talented. You see them featured on NXT UK. They are phenomenal performers. But in my opinion, and just in my opinion, there is no way, shape, or form that those two guys should even last 10 minutes with not only Pete Dunne, but Matt Riddle as well. Way too long, in my opinion. Uh, if the match would have went 10 minutes, 11 minutes, I would have said, okay, you know, that's a, a good enough time. But the idea that they could go almost 20 minutes with Riddle and Pete Dunne, I don't know. I just, 
it gets to a point where the you just I don't know the the match was great, but just way too long for me in my opinion. Um, and believe it or not, uh, after the next match, we're already in hour number two. We had Kushida and Alex Shelley lose to the grizzled young veterans. I don't know how many uh, out there thought that Zach Gibson and James Drake were going to advance in this tournament, um, but I know I didn't. It was great to see Alex Shelley teaming up with Kushida. You know, after the match was over, you had uh, GY, uh, see, I almost said that too fast, the grizzled young veterans, GYV. They were basically, you know, calling Alex Shelley, you know, great tag team or great, you know, talents from yesteryear. Uh, you know, I don't know. I it's again, you know, another match where it, it was very good. I know they want to try to boost some of these talents, but you know, I don't know. Zach Gibson and Jake's James Drake, I don't have that connection yet, but I really thought Kushida and Alex Shelley would uh advance, but they did not. Next we had uh, uh, an interesting match, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Leo Rush versus Tyler Breeze for a spot in the four-way NXT Cruiserweight title match at Worlds Collide. They had Angel Garza on commentary, back to being a heel, I might add. You know, we had that moment where he got engaged and not trying to be an asshole, but my fiance's ring blows away your fiance's ring. I have to say that, you know, even though she's not here right now. But, you know, it, it was a decent match. I, um, you know, it's very interjective. All three of them are very talented. And, you know, you had Isaiah Swerve Scott get the win. Tyler Breeze, you know, it's a shame what happened when Fandango injured again. I'm a little concerned about Fandango's future in wrestling because he keeps getting injured. He's in phenomenal shape, but sometimes you just become injury prone and, you know, he's not... It's not he's not doing anything wrong for that to happen. It's just happening. You just don't get to feel like Tyler Breeze is going to get any type of momentum out of this. But it was a solid match nonetheless. Um, I don't mind Tyler Breeze being on two, 205 Live or Cruiserweight Division, whatever you want to call it. I just don't want to see Tyler Breeze showing up on Raw and getting squashed by Eric Rowan. You know, just leave him in NXT, even if he doesn't appear every week. Leave him on NXT. He doesn't need to do a squash for others. You know, let us enjoy, you know, what little, uh, you know, momentum he has, if any. Um, he's very talented and probably should have gone a little bit further than he has with WWE. That night where they had that tag team title match on a main product and I remember they had the brooms or the other stuff. I honestly thought they should have got the belts then. Even if they lost it a week later, I really wanted to see them get those belts. And they didn't get it. But finally, we had the Battle Royal for the NXT women's uh, you know, title shot at NXT TakeOver, Portland. Entries were Shayna Baszler, Mia Yim, Zia Lee, Zia Lee, as some people say Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, Casey Cananzaro making a return, Mercedes Martinez, Tegan Knox, Vanessa Bourne, MJ Jenkins, Deanna Perrazzo, Caden Carter, Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, she had an important role tonight, Io Shirai, Catalina, Jesse Camilla, 
and Santana Garrett. And as I said, you know, I'm not trying to brag, but, you know, you're not going to find any other podcast out there that's going to be this detailed and watch both shows side by side and take this much notes. And, and not only watch, but let it penetrate. Battle Royal started a little bit late. Um, I know tonight we were supposed to start the show at 10 after 10. I think it went off the air at 10.09. So we may have to start these shows from now on at 10.15. This way we have five minutes of, you know, getting situated. So I think going forward, 10.15 will be the start time of this show going forward. But it was a fun Battle Royal. Um, you know, there was, it had its moments here and there. Um, you know, you have Tegan Knox, you know, once again, getting, uh, screwed by Dakota Kai. Io Shirai was my pick to win this, uh, especially with Poppy's album coming out. I thought, okay, maybe, you know, Io Shirai gets a little bit of a rub, um, maybe not necessarily because Rhea Ripley is a baby face and Io Shirai, the fans just want to stay behind her. I don't know if they want to have that little bit of, uh, you know, in, in fact, you know, I have to mention this too. I don't know how you all felt tonight, but to me, it felt like Kenny Omega got the biggest pop from the AEW fans tonight. I don't know. I mean, Cody got a tremendous pop as well. Cody cutting a great promo once again, agreeing to all the stipulations, uh, with the match with MJF. I don't know why you would agree to 10 lashings as easy as that. And as I said to you a week ago, we'll probably have Cody get handcuffed to the rope and he'll probably get those 10 lashings when he fights uh, Wardlow in the cage. Um, but anyway, you know, the battle Royal was fun. Uh, I love the back and forth with Shayna Baszler and Mercedes Martinez. Ate that up. Uh, I think some people out there thought that Shayna Baszler was going to get a rematch for the title. And, you know, one point we thought that she was going to, you know, possibly win it. She ended up eliminating Mercedes Martinez. It came down to the final four, which was Tegan Knox, Io Shirai, uh, Rhea Ripley, and Shayna Baszler. And next thing you know, we realized that Shotzi Blackheart was not eliminated. Earlier in the match, she got thrown out of the ring, but she was not eliminated, and she would re-enter the ring, and she would throw Shayna Baszler over the top rope, and the crowd ate it up. Crowd ate it up. Um, so now we're down to basically Io Shirai, um, Rhea Ripley. Uh, not Rhea Ripley. Uh, Io Shirai. Um, who were the other two? Tegan Knox, who got screwed, and um, Bianca Belair. So really, you know, after Tegan Knox gets screwed, it's Bianca Belair um, going at it with Io Shirai. Kind of went a little bit longer than I think we thought it would. Uh, you know, again, Bianca Belair's hair getting involved in a match. At one point, Io Shirai was stepping on her hair, and then Bianca Belair just yanked it from underneath Io Shirai's feet. And, um, you know, they, they had some good back and forth, but in the end, Bianca Belair eliminates Io Shirai and gets the spot against Rhea Ripley. Um, my immediate reaction is I have no problem with Bianca Belair taking on Rhea Ripley. I don't think there's any chance at all of Bianca Belair winning the NXT Women's Championship right now. They're not going to screw with that momentum that Rhea Ripley has. And it was a decent, it was a decent night. 
But for me overall, again, you know, the, the Dunn-Riddle match just went a little bit too long for me. I just found myself, and I know some people are going to disagree with me on this, but I found myself enjoying AEW a little bit more. You know, the opening match, especially that they made it no DQ, was excellent. Um, Moxley versus Guevara, you know, wasn't that bad. Guevara is still up and coming. You know, I don't think anybody should expect him to be completely polished right from the get-go. But, uh, you know, it, it was a decent night. And I do believe that AEW will win in the ratings again. Um you know, and we'll have to deal with social media tomorrow, people rubbing shit in other people's faces and this and that, but whatever. Um, Impact Wrestling, you know, as I talked earlier, they had their hard-to-kill pay-per-view over the weekend. Tessa Blanchard winning the Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. I've already exhausted that. Uh, Dells, you don't have to put this as a clip because it really there's not much that we have to talk about with it. Moose over Rhino, the North over Willie Mack, um, in a handicap match to retain the Impact Tag Titles. Eddie Edwards versus Michael Eldon in the Call Your Shot Trophy. This is Impact Wrestling's Money in the Bank uh, version. Um, that match, honestly, I enjoyed more than any other because the one thing that Elgin and Edwards did that a lot of people have a hard time doing these days is not only telling a great story in the ring, but also making you feel that what they're gunning for is very important. See, like the women's battle royal today, with all due respect, some of those women just flying over the top rope, it's like, come on, in suspension of disbelief, this is a shot at the NXT Women's Championship. And to see people just flying over, like, ah, I'll go to Starbucks after, grab a coffee, and all will be good. You know, it's just... I don't know. I'm a stickler to detail a little bit. Now, obviously, not every single person in a battle royal could have, you know, that suspension of disbelief that, you know, it's do or die. You know, you got to get this shot. But, you know, I, I really enjoyed the storytelling that Eddie Edwards and Michael El, uh, Elgin did in that match. RV, RVD over Daga, you know, look, Brian Cage, there's rumors he signed with AEW. His wife says that he hasn't signed the dotted line yet. Um, it was just a weird segue because, you know, the way Daga entered the ring and then all of a sudden they call for the bell, you know, I, I let it go because it's impact wrestling. We don't have to put, put it on WrestleMania level. You know, if you enjoyed it overall, that's all that matters. Ace Austin over Trey Miguel to retain the X Division Championship. The match was good. You know, they pushed the storyline for weeks. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just, like, it felt like Leo Rush and, and Garza. I mean, it kind of, I don't know. I just, I, I never, like, really bought into it. Ken Shamrock over Mad Men Fulton. You know, so-so. But overall, it was not a bad card. I don't think anybody really... Um, you know, should have complained. By the way, um, their next pay-per-view is Rebellion. It's going to take place at Terminal 5 in New York City. I don't have the date in front of me, but I will look into it. And as soon as I get more information, look, it's not until April, so we got plenty of time to talk about it. Um, now, uh, few people had asked me if I'm going to go to AEW 
in Newark. And, you know, I'm going to announce something here that's going to disappoint some people. I wasn't going to say anything until tomorrow, but I might as well say it now. Uh, I unfortunately have to cancel going to Chicago. I will post my Travelocity, you know, transactions to show everyone that I wasn't blowing smoke. But there's a couple of things going on. Number one, I had a very long conversation with Mish. And since Mish is very, you know, in the, you know, heavily involved with moving and coming to the Northeast, Chicago is was really fucked up in the first place. The fact that we lost the opportunity to do a Q&A at C2E2 really kind of spoiled it for a lot of us. And not only that, I mean, you know, we looked into going to AEW's pay-per-view you know, in Chicago that weekend of C2E2, the end of, uh, you know, the the last weekend of February. I looked into the skybox. I looked into, you know, because a few people were talking about maybe getting some press passes, doing some interviews with AEW. And, you know, it's funny because I know a lot of people in my quote-unquote inner circle trash AEW, but I think I am very fair uh, I criticize a lot of stuff, but I always try to come up with solutions and ways. I mean, you know me. I've been saying, get rid of the game genie rules. Do a no DQ. Solves it. Perfect. They did some changes, but um, got no response whatsoever. Nothing. I mean, when you hear, oh, you know, we want to do this and interact. I mean, there's no denying that my audience out there, and I'm not saying this to flex or, you know, sound conceited or anything, but... All of you listening and tuning in, whether it's still audio only or video or, you know, just getting you know, back into my shows, we got a gigantic audience and, you know, always in the top five of any, you know, wrestling podcast out there, you know, that's not, you know, with a blue check mark at the end of their name. And I got no response whatsoever. And I'm saying to myself, you know, why am I going to blow that kind of coin to go to a fucking comic book or sci-fi canal, whatever the hell it is that fucking took away the opportunity of a Q&A. Why am I going to go to a pay-per-view where, you know, I'm looking to get all of the Donzilla army that's going to C2E2 and we all hang out at AEW's pay-per-view, maybe get a skybox, maybe do this and ask if you, and nobody gets back to you. And I, I'm talking about people with AEW. So honestly, Newark, I get in my car and I drive for 45 minutes. Chicago, I have to get plane, hotel, rent a car. I honestly, especially I just got engaged, it's like, why am I going to fucking go all the way down there, go to a convention that I don't like anything that's there? Sure, hang out with some of you out there, but a lot of you are going to see 2E2 to meet a lot of the stars there, to enjoy yourself, and you're not going to be going there just to break bread with me. So... Uh, so unfortunately I have to cancel. Plus, you know, my parents have to go back to Florida to finalize a sale of a property and they weren't going until April. And they were also looking at February 25th to March 7th. And I said, you know what? Go. And they're like, no, but you got Chicago. I'm like, yeah, but you want to know something? Half of the people that were of wrestling soup, I'm not even sure is going to be going now because of everything that happened. So you know, I know John Krause and others are very disappointed with that, but I promise you sometime this year, you know, whether if it ends up being mania, if it ends up being toy fair, we're having to get now because Mish is going to be living in the Northeast from with where I am, you know, we're going to have get togethers like crazy. Joey numbers lives on the Northeast. 
John Draper lives in the Northeast. Mish will be living in the Northeast. I'm living in the Northeast. I know if Kev Castle is going to be coming out also, but he lives on the Northeast. And there's a lot of others that live on the Northeast. You know, Solomon's does. There's, there's a, so there's opportunity of having more get-togethers. But um, I just want to be straight up with everyone out there. Uh, I didn't want this to lead into when it gets closer, and then I, that's what's going on. And I apologize. Like I said, if I would have got a little bit of, re, you know, receptive, a little response from AEW, then, you know, I would have said, hey, you know what? It's even if I just go and hang out in my hotel room until a pay-per-view, you know, it would have been worth it. But if I'm not going to fucking get any response back, fuck it. I'll put my money to Newark. What am I going to spend? Gas fare? And one of my good patrons uh, has a connection in the building. I'm going to get probably get, get in there for nothing. So that's what I have to say. Not, you know, to the people out there that fucking ignored, you know, I don't, I don't need no hand job. I don't need no fucking follows on, on social media. But, you know, we're trying to get your fucking, you know, show. I, I know you don't need me or any of my listeners or anybody tuning in. But, you know, the idea that, you know, you just ignore a lot of people, I just think that's a little bit disrespectful, especially the amount of coin that was involved to travel all the way out there. But anyway, um, I think we're almost done, everybody. I definitely would be very, very disrespectful to wrestling fans out there if I didn't talk about NXT TakeOver Blackpool. Um, excellent, excellent card. Uh, it really annoyed me. And I wrote this online. I kind of commented on Monday about it. But I understand the UK fans are extremely interactive, extremely energetic, they love the chance. And I see people online like really like annoyed at it. And I'm like, man, you know, I understand sometimes people chant just to feel like they're interacting. But when you got that kind of energy, you know, sometimes you want to bottle that. Because I guarantee you, especially if you go back and you look at Jordan Devlin and Tyler Bates, when they were standing on opposite sides of the ring and that crowd going nuts like they were, that that gets inside you. That's, you know, that's just, oh man. You just, you take that in and it just gives you, every single person that performed at NXT TakeOver, and trust me, I believe it's the same for Ring of Honor, the same for AEW, the same for NWA, the same with MLW, the same across the board, Impact Wrestling, but you felt it extra that every wrestler that performed at NXT TakeOver Blackpool 2, two I almost said Tool, um, you could feel that they, they took it in and they really fed off the crowd. And I enjoyed it, man. It made it that much more fun to watch. And trust me, when you, know, you have a regular insurance responsibilities to do, every relationship and sick parents... And plus trying to learn video and, you know, shifted things around and studying and, you know, just it's not easy to get the chance to watch all of this. But, you know, I will admit sometimes when I watch these things back, I'll play it on like one and a quarter speed. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, a one and a half. It's the only way to really be able to watch that much wrestling. And I'm trying to watch everybody, give everybody a shot. You know, the MLW stuff, I talked about the stuff that happened in the past. You know, that was, 
18 years ago. All right. Court Bauer didn't fucking kill any members of my family. You know, was he more of a dick back then promoting MLW? Sure. Did he screw with wrestling promotions here, including one I was involved in? Sure. But that's 18 years ago. If I fucking held a grudge for still to this day, I'd feel like Robert De Niro in the movie The Fan. Coop, I thought we were pals. I thought we were friends. I thought we were buddies. Oh, that was 30 years ago. You know? I think Court Bauer would have the right to bash a baseball bat over my head. So, um, so I'm trying to give everybody a chance. But uh, Kylie Ray over Tony Storm and Piper Nevin. And you know what? I'm very happy about Piper Nevin right now. If you don't know the backdrop with that, Go look it up. And uh, look, everybody, I could appreciate a nice ass. I am impressed with Tony Storm's buttocks. Uh, didn't come out of nowhere. Um, I just find it a little creepy, though, when I see certain people over a certain age making such a big deal about somebody's ass that is in wrestling tights. You know, you know what's weird about it? Seriously? It's weird about the fuss that some older men made over Tony Storm's clothed ass, but say nothing about RVD and his two babes bare asses on Impact Wrestling. Some something's a little odd with that, uh, but you know, way whatever. I don't know. But Tyler Bate defeats Jordan Devlin in the match of the night. I don't even think it was close. Eddie Dennis over Trent Seven. Mark Coffey and Wolfgang over Zach Gibson and James Drake. Fabian Aikner and Marcel Barthel. Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster uh, to retain the NXT UK tag titles. Uh, decent ladder match. Still for me, though, Tyler Bate, Jordan Devlin. Loved the match. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Walter over Joe Coffey to retain the, the WWE UK championship. After the match is over, Imperium is attacked by Undisputed Era. And by the way, Imperium will be on NXT Next week. Don't know if it's going to pop a rating. Um, Richard Adams, why does it sound like I'm holding a grudge? I just finished saying that I'm following MLW, that I'm watching MLW, that I'm covering MLW, and it would be wrong for me to hold a grudge. I'm just trying to educate people. Um, you know, I don't know what you're talking about, or maybe that was your, just your way of trying to get me to say, what's going on? Ah, Lucha fans out there. Oh, and by the way, for anybody out there that thinks I'm going to talk about Gabe Sapolsky uh, and that whole bullshit that's going on right now with him and David Starr, honestly, people are only realizing right now about Gabe Sapolsky. I know some people out there think I'm going to say something else. You can't. We're on YouTube now. You got to be a little bit more careful. Um, let's just say it rhymes with Pac. Uh, but you know, look, people that are finding out now, you know, that this guy is a little bit shady. A lot of people kept silent for years because they wanted that opportunity to not only be involved in a promotion with Gabe, but also be able to cover it, to also be able to get hand jobs, to also be able to get fucking, you know, feel like they're, they're important. I don't blame people for doing that, but you know, now all of a sudden people are finding stuff out. Come on. Now that's a guy, and yeah, if somebody's asking, yeah, I am blocked from him. I've been blocked from him for a long time. You know, it's, it is what it is. But the best thing that came out of everything that's going on with David Starr and Gabe Sapolsky, anybody see Joey Janela's tweet? Joey Janela 
was pissed off about the whole thing because he was going to post nudes of himself. And because Gabe and David Starr decided to have this big fight, Joey Janela was like, fuck it, I'm not putting my nudes out there. Nobody's paying attention to me. Obviously, he was kidding, but it was funny. Um, but I do want to plug something very quickly. And you know what? I, I want to mention this too. You know, because some people out there, since I was talking about MLW, I might throw this out there now. and We're going to wrap this up soon. And I'm amazed that this show's going to end up being less than two hours. Uh, nice flow tonight. You know, I think more because of video and you're forced to try to really have a better flow than audio. Um, I think the shows will end up being shorter because we're doing video. But, you know, MLW issued a press release today that they uh, now have a, a working relationship with ICM Partners. Now, if you want to Google ICM Partners to understand the entire deal and what they're about, go right ahead. But in my opinion, what I think this is designed for is you look at, and this is why I said earlier that now I'm thinking, I don't think it's a wrestling boom yet, but I think you have promotions now really putting it all out there to try to be the first to get your money. It's plain and simple. But when you hear that AEW gets $175 million from TNT. Keep in mind something. This is something that nobody thought about tonight. Not only are we talking $175 million from TNT, we also have Shad Khan and Tony Khan's bank book on top of it. So they have a big nest egg to protect them. Now, getting back to MLW, um, I don't think MLW is nowhere on the level of an AEW. Even if MLW got a deal on a major cable TV network right now, uh, I think it would probably get views similar to Ring of Honor. Maybe a little more. They have some bright up-and-coming stars. Sure. You know, the, the moves they did with Teddy Hart and ACH, I thought was pretty dumb. But they have a great nucleus. And one thing you cannot deny about MLW, they definitely created a, a, an identity for themselves. Ring of Honor, it's all over the place. You feel like, you know, the women's division might be pretty much fried right now. Impact Wrestling, you know, we already talked about. MLW's got a nice nucleus. Out of all the promotions out there, Maybe putting AEW aside, but I'll give MLW credit in this. Of all the promotions out there, it feels like MLW is the most focused on their own product. NWA as well, but, you know, I'm not saying this to be a jerk, but NWA, Marty Scroll shows up, and then what? You know what I mean? I understand this is going to lead to something, but how many weeks later... MLW feels like they're really focused on their own nucleus. And sure, they're going to commingle here and there with other promotions. But MLW inking this deal with ICM Partners, they're not going to get even one-third of a deal uh, that AEW got with TNT.
but ICM Partners is pretty legit. And if MLW could land a TV deal with a major network, doesn't have to be on the level of a TBS or a TNT or anything like that, but if they could get a decent network, not named Pursuit, uh, they can make some decent money. Um, I think that's what MLW is thinking right now. I think they think that they might be able to land some type of a TV deal and ICM Partners is probably going to be the one instrumental to try to find that deal for them. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I wish them well. So anyway, I want to wrap up with uh, just something very, very quickly. Um, anybody that's into Lucha Libre, there is an event coming up. Now, mark it on your calendar. It is a long ways away. I will not lie. I'm a little bit concerned as far as when this event starts. August 15th and 16th at the former ECW arena, they're going to have Expo Lucha by Mass Republic. And it's going to be a two-night event. They're going to have meet and greets, autograph signings, uh, wrestlers already scheduled to appear. Uh, now, they have two nights of wrestling. So some of the names I say might be repeated twice. I'm reading this straight from their press release right now. But they have Psychosis, Juventud, Guerrera, Super Crazy, Sabu, Damien666, Bestia666, Mr. Aguilar, Dragon Lee, Laredo Kid, Taya Valkyrie, Black Taurus, uh, Demis, Demis uh, and more. They also have Dr. Wagner Jr., Tenibles Jr., Octagon, Piata Morgan, Solar, Solar Jr., Mascarita Dorada, um, as I said, Psychosis, Hoovy, Super Crazy, Damien, Mr. Aguilar, and on others. It's pretty stacked. My only concern is tickets already went on sale. VIP packages already went on sale. I think some of the, some of the VIP packages, if not all of them, are already sold out. And the fact that these went on sale in January and this event is in August, that concerns me. Um, it concerns me very much because if you have to get funding that early in the year, it would not surprise me if this gets canceled. Do I want it canceled? No, I'm actually thinking about going. If In fact, if there's any way, if anybody remembers Mongo, and if you don't know who that is, then don't even bother, but if anybody remembers Mongo, you know, Mongo was good people. He used to sell all the Lucha masks here in the Northeast at the indie events, and he was the one that got me to uh, get Halloween and Damien 666 to wrestle for, for uh, Goodman back in the day. I was the one that actually got them in, but he was the representative for them. And Mongo was awesome. If anybody remembers him, he looked like Meatloaf. Remember the guy, Meatloaf, when he was hefty? Very, very, you know, had a real big presence of himself. Really, really awesome, awesome guy. I haven't seen him since 2002, I think. I uh, hope he's doing well. And I hope he's still into Lucha. But um, this sounds like a great expo. But it concerns me when you put tickets on sale seven months in advance. It just feels like you don't have any bankroll, you know, to cover, you know, like you're depending solely on the money coming in. And if it doesn't get a, a, a big response in the next couple of months, I would not be surprised if this, close, this closes before it even happens. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. But, you know, I've seen a lot of conventions yesteryear where they announce things seven, eight months in advance, and then you realize they have no funding whatsoever. 
Like as quickly as that money comes in, it comes out. So, but I, before we go, I want to give a shout out to Dave from American Luchas. I don't know if anybody remembers American Luchas here, uh, East Coast Lucha de Ibrahim. Some of you in the Northeast might remember him. You know, I hope Dave does not realize that I, that I hope he realized that I was not shitting on East Coast Lucha Libre uh, from back in the day at Club Amanzora. Anybody that follows me on a regular basis, you might remember very recently I was telling a story about when I had uh, laid out all the XPW bus trip money to all of my listeners because their event got canceled in February of 03, I think it was. Anyway, sometime around there. But what was funny is this guy Slash had ripped me off. And I'm not going to tell the whole story of how Don Tony became Don Tony because something happened where I broke his glasses and, you know, somebody cursed me out, you know, asked me if I thought I was a Don. And I said, yeah, I'm Don fucking Tony. And that's how Don Tony name became. But the thing is, is that, you know, this guy Slash ripped me off, owed me a lot of money. And it took me about five years to finally get my hands on him. And, you know, I fucked him up a little bit. I uppercutted him with cannolis. He had cannolis coming out of his nose, his ears, his mouth. Fuck him. Prick bastard. But um, I told the story that after he screwed uh, me out of money in 2002 or 2003 for the XBW, you know, I was on a lookout for this guy. I was trying to find him. I wanted to beat the fuck out of him. And everybody remembers, that goes back with me those ways, remember the infamous story that Bam Bam Bigelow called the mass maniac and said, hey, tell de Blasi that Slash is here in Jersey right now for fucking NWA cyberspace or whatever it was. And I was going to drive out to fucking Jersey. Somehow somebody posted on a message board that I was coming to Jersey to kick his ass and he disappeared. So he left the show early and I couldn't find him. So anyway, uh, he announced that he was going to be going to Club Amazora in, I think, November of 2003, and he created a promotion called Lucha Extreme Wrestling. And he had hyped up uh, Damien 666, Shaka. I don't know if anybody remembers Shaka. Um, you know, Los Lunatics. You know, some names that you actually would, would know now. Halloween, Hollow Wicked, some local New York guys, Papadon, Reefer, you know, Sharkboy was there, Scorpio Sky was there. And, you know, it wasn't a bad card. But the funny thing was, because the situation with me and Slash was uh, so out there, I had tons of people in the Northeast saying to me, dude, we know Slash is involved. Because of you, we're not going. And then I thought people would just, at the, we didn't have Twitter at the time, I thought they would just tweet fucking me, like trying to make me feel good, but they're going to go and just, you know, hide themselves. Well, they spent like $20,000 to have this, Lucha Extreme Wrestling at Club Amazora, and they drew 80. And I think 30 of those fans were free. Didn't even draw 100 fans. Guy took a fucking bath. I think they tried to have one more event. I think they drew 40. And I even remember, I don't want to name any particular wrestlers, but there's one that's very, very dear to me who called me up at the time and said, dude, you can't believe how there's nobody here. Like everybody knew that this guy Slash was such a piece of shit that everybody refused to go to this event. I hope Dave from East Coast Lucha Libre realizes now, you know, American Luchas, I was not talking about your fed. 
I was talking about Lucha Extreme Wrestling, so hopefully I cleared that up. But I figured a lot of you out there probably would enjoy the story anyway because, you know, it's amazing how many years have gone by. It's almost 17 years. Jesus. So anyway, I am uh, done for this evening. I want to thank you all for listening. I'm amazed that this is going to be done under two hours. Blows me away. But, you know, please be patient because, like I said, you know... I go back to 1997 doing wrestling hotlines. After all of these years, I'm finally going video. All this is still very, very new to me. There's a lot of little things, bad habits that I got to try to nip in the bud right now. There's little things that I'm going to improve. A lot of the behind the scenes stuff, I will tweak and make sure everything is is nice and smooth. And even when I discuss topics, I'm going to stay more on point in the future. Because I know I start a topic and then I lead to something else and then I go back to it later on. But I hope people understand now why it was so important to do video. And to be able to look at all of you in the eye, not physically, obviously, but, you know, to be animated. Like I said, you know, all of these years when I do the impressions or make fun, I mean, nothing against Chris Statlander personally. She's obviously a star in the making. But, you know, when when you have last week and she's like, and then today, I mean, just like, what is this, like Indian stuff? You know, I want to get animated. I want to be able to show you stuff. I want to once again show everyone that I'm actually a fan of Jason Solomonstar, and I'm curious if he has a Don Tony shirt. Nah, I'm just, I... I have other podcaster shirts here too, not just Wrestling Soup. You'd be surprised if I stopped pulling them out. I just want to have fun. The whole idea of this show is to have fun, mingle with all of you out there, and, you know, it's going to be a work in progress. Like I said, give me about two months to really just, you know, get this organized and get everything straightened out, and uh, we will have a whole lot of fun. It's going to get so much more interactive. I will try my best to get Discord up and running again. Um, I honestly don't think it's needed. You know, I I, I don't want to, and it's not going to go away completely because, you know, all the Kev Castle shows are audio only. So it that will still remain. And that's not saying it to be, to take a shot. You know, it's, it, as I said earlier to somebody, 75% of my shows that I, work that I do is not DTKC. You know, Breakfast Soup is not DTKC. Blah, blah, blah is not DTKC. This is not DTKC. Um, And I'm also working on, you know, maybe creating another show. Uh, So, you know, I don't want anybody to think that it's all video or nothing. All I know is that me, I needed to do this. I wanted to do this. I was very, very bored. And I've passed up a lot of opportunities in the past. And, you know, I don't want to look back and regret that, oh, I just did audio because, you know, other people didn't want to do it. No, I'm doing my own thing. And, you know, there's no animosity whatsoever. This is nothing but positive, everybody. I mean this from the bottom of my heart, and you look it straight into my eyes. No bullshit. You know, this is all about going forward. You know, just giving a little bit of a different dimension of me, having some fun, poking fun at myself, at others, and it's lighthearted. 
And the response that all of you have given me since Monday, it's not even 48 hours. There's almost 4,300 people that signed up on the Twitter. It's just the response has been overwhelming. How is this a mistake? How is this stupid? You know, and I'm not trying to be a YouTube sensation. I'm just trying to be a little more personal with all of you out there. And I'm just glad that you are enjoying it. And, you know, please send your feedback. Follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D. Don Tony D. I don't bite. You can, if you have some legitimate criticism or opinions, things, send them my way. I try to read every single thing and I usually respond to every single person. You know, the one thing that annoys me about Twitter and more than anything else, and I'm sure a lot of you out there experience this almost every day, you ask people, whether it's websites, podcasters, athletes, whatever, even wrestlers, you ask them a question and they respond to you with a like. And you know what they're doing. They're just going down the list, heart, 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 like heroin. Heart, heart, heart. Oh my God, I feel good. I'm going to come. You know, but... Motherfucker, I asked you a question. Answer my fucking question. I asked you a particular question. I didn't ask for a like. I asked you a fucking question. You didn't even look at my question. You liked it. The fuck does that mean? I won't do that. So please, definitely interact. This is awesome. Definitely go in the chat on YouTube. I had a few people tell me earlier, push the chat on YouTube. Push it, push it, push it, push it, push it. Push it, push it real good. Um... So this is just the beginning, and let's see where it goes. But I am out of here because after this, I now have to edit a little bit. I have to put up the audio. For those who have been asking me, there will always be an audio-only version of the shows. Just again, keep in mind when you listen to audio-only, and I get a little bit animated here, and you may not... I may just be doing something and not talking. You know, I don't want you to be like, well, it's this dead air. Is there something wrong? You know, the idea, what I do now is video and I will get more comfortable. It's, I'm still nervous as fuck and uh, we'll have fun. So everyone be well. I need to put my shades back on because what a lot of you don't know is that these are prescription glasses I can't read what's on my computer screen without glasses. So I actually had prescription glasses made up. And if I don't have my prescription glasses made up, then uh, I can't do something like this. Good night, everybody. Have a great night. Talk to you all next week. Ciao. Bet Saratoga from anywhere this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. Naira Bets players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia.